Welcome to NFL MAO Playoff Edition. I'm Luke. I'm Aiden. Oh, and Luke, a quick aside. One of my classes for this uh, semester that I've just begun, the final project is a group podcast project for organizational behavior. Did That's you just so cool? Oh, I thought you dropped something on yourself and burnt yourself for a second. I that did yeah. happen, but my what the fuck was in but response like, to I'm you, not, not to I'm, myself. I'm not going to let them know I do a podcast and just go from there. My group members, whenever oh, yeah. I get assigned. You You're not going to be a fucking pro, dude. I would like, not oh. say I'm a pro, but I would say I'm a lot more comfortable on a podcast than I would be without practicing it. You know, I mean, it, it's easy to do it when you're doing it with your best friend and all, but... that That's the thing, though. I mean, it's like... But, but even if you are doing it with your best friend, if you've never done it before, it can be so... Nerve-wracking, like, nerve, at the least. Yes, nerve-wracking was exactly what I was going to say. So, uh, because it's, it's, I don't know, it seems so intimidating. It's really not, but this is like, we've been giving ourselves free free XP points all this time. Like, this is like, we've, we've, we've been investing in our own public speaking course. I mean, we're XP grinding for sure, which is one of my favorite pastimes on an RPG, and you know that. I know, dude. I just I just started playing Knights of the Old Republic on my Switch, and I'm like, oh, I'm, dude, tell I me made, about it. Tell me about it. Tell me about I, it. I'm I made my guy's name like a Star Wars version of LGT, so it's like L, it's like E L L E, like L, like like Danny. a non-binary first name, and then my last name is is a uh, GT or something like that, and it's like I don't know, dude. You should see it. it's all Star Wars looking. I was so... like, I was like, what's the Luke version of Din Djarin? <gasps> I was like, so that is very awesome. Tell me how you like this that I've been doing since I was a kid. I made a name when I was a kid, and I've used it every single time I play. It's kale, it. That's kale like incredible. the lettuce, K-A-L-E dash deck, D-E-K, last name foreign, F-O-R-I-N, kale deck foreign. Did you, how did you come up with that as a kid? Made it up. That's fucking insane. Yeah, I, I I'm not clever enough. I'm like, what's a clever way to, to be do fair? My three I think they let you do um like random, and I think oh. I think I randomed it like a billion times, and I think they might have done like a kale as a name, and they may have done a foreign at some point, and I'm like, ooh, that's kind of cool, and I kept pressing Y, and it never came back Very up. Star Wars. And I'm like, let me just put these all together, all the ones I've liked. That might have been what happened, but Regardless, that's been my name. Sick as fuck. Are you loving I the game? I tried to like go to 
Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, it's it's given me flashbacks to when I rented it as a kid from Family Video at your at your urging and didn't understand how to play it. And now I'm man enough to just walk through all the old games. I don't know how to play. I don't care. So I'll read a. You are a man and beat Dude, it. Dude, you're gonna talk to some some aliens and they're gonna say "Me Sky One One Go." They all say the I same fucking five words. <laughs> I literally can't wait. Yeah, I remember the animation. I'm like, oh, dude, you're right. Fuck. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, you're right. It's so true, and it's like not only are there playoffs, Aiden, but like on we got up on a Monday morning. This is so rare. We got up on a Monday morning, and me and you, the hosts of this podcast, both our teams fired their GM and their head coach. That's fucking just like a bloodbath. That's a slaughter. That's like. That's I, I I the likes of of which I've not seen before in the NFC North like like so it's Lafleur and Dan Campbell are the vets now and well Floor is gonna go like, nowhere anytime soon Zim Zim eight years uh, Nagy four Spiel, Spielman sixteen like, that's crazy I mean well how I mean dude in today's day and age players how long I, of a leash do you give a guy fucking what do you mean like that's what's so crazy you know like, exactly what i mean dude mm-hmm. i've told you a million times but i'm not coaching i get it i get that we that it's a different mindset that i have um but like in today's day and age in the nfl if you don't get it right after like two qb cycles then you're you're just done as a gm yeah because he's the one making the qb decision he's the one making well, I mean, the person so i already said it in the message I think, A, Spielman, brother of Ohio State linebacker legend. I like Spielman. He's also made some incredible middle-round drafting decisions. I think his first and second have been a little more hit or miss, though you get a guy like Jefferson, which is, I mean, to be fair, the Eagles should have had him, and they got Rager and dropped him to you, which was ridiculous. Or they may have gotten uh, the Arcega white side, but <clears throat> Arcega. But anyway, I think Spielman of the two should have maybe been retained. But you can't argue with like you guys haven't really done shit except for your run in the playoffs with like Case, and that was a while ago. And all of your no, defenses, in- your defensive superstars are aging, and your younger players are just solid or under or below average, in my opinion. A lot of your Here's younger defensive up. players. There's something insanely refreshing to 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 see um, a complete a complete like revamp. Like we are we are going to be so different next season. And and to be a bummer for a second, but I just have to say because it it's like it's kind of where the podcast is born out of. It's like I was like, whoa! I, I said to you and T the other day, I'm like, my dad never saw Justin Jefferson. And that's weird. But now, like literally, like I am going to enter. A regime of Vikings that is all my own. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like in terms of like fandom, like and and I would would just this is a very personal thing, so it doesn't really affect a lot of people. But it's just like now, like it it'll be we're all new territory, and soon, and maybe I'm just talking about life because like because then soon we're gonna run out of players too. About to tell you, I'm like, like I think that might I'm just like, be life. <laughs> I know it's just sad. It's fucking crazy because we're, like, we're getting older. Like know? Zimmer, like 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 you know, like there's gonna be I don't know. It's just crazy. It's fucking my head up. Like it's just 16 years for a Spielman is a long time. Eight for Zimmer is a long time. I've seen lots of head coaches go in my uh, 
time as a fan. So, so it's 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 not the end of the world, but So um, why don't we start then? I get exactly what you're saying. Just to, you know, let's start with the Bears Vikes game and then we'll both talk about our respective changes. And I think that's gonna honestly eat up a chunk. And then yeah, we're gonna I feel go like into, I waxed a little already. Well, no, go ahead. Yeah, like, so <clears throat> Do you think it all right? So let's talk about the game first, and then you can do your closing comments on the Vikings. And to be fair, to follow up, I get where you're coming from with that, and I understand how A, that could hurt a bit, and B, be strange, a little bit of foreign territory for you, but that is life, you know? I mean, that's going to happen to all of us. And well, Notre Dame, it too. It can't be like, exciting. I, it can't, that's true. You have a lot of it's turnover. so, it's so weird. Like, Dude, I like Freeman as a Notre is Dame a fan. Broad. I know, total fraud. Uh, <laughs> that's a joke if people don't realize. Um, he lost his first game, and he's going to lose his second game to Ohio State opening. I'm walking games. in next year as a Vikings and Notre Dame fan with brand new head coaches. It's fucking. It's it's really exciting, but it's 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 weird. the 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 newness is weird. It feels. I'm walking unsure. into next so. season without a pair of gold pants, Luke. We lost to Michigan. I know. Didn't you? I thought you sold your gold pants for tattoos. Well, that was like in 2008. <laughs> Or whenever it was. What was it? Like, fuck, what year was, was that? Fucking, I, we were in, game. like, middle school, dude. Like, Yeah, it was, like, early high school. Anywho, uh, that was 2010. Talk, to, was me, talk to me how you feel about uh, about beating our ass one half and then dropping the fucking right. goose in the second. And us just, uh, us just banging, just absolutely banging on all cylinders in the second well, half. Um. Luke, I don't know if you recall me saying this, you know, for the umpteenth time, but Matt Nagy is not capable of making halftime adjustments. And another another example, another glowing example well, for that. But, but we're but we're the team that will will dominate first half and then and then not score a second in, in the second. So what's half that say about like, Matt Nagy? Because you guys scored twenty eight points in the we, second half. We flipped the script um, and finally came through in the second half. It was nice. And why did you score 28 points in the second half, Luke? Is it because every fourth and down we had, we decided to drop a dainty passing? Sorry, fourth and one. We decided to drop a ridiculous passing play where David Montgomery's on the sideline and like two of them got intercepted. So my <laughs> thing me, is uh, this. Good. No, no, go ahead. You're making I'm a just going to say, um, A, I think Nick Foles should have started. I think. Of the two aging, tenured, um, not very mobile QBs that you have, I honestly think Foles played a better game of the last like couple weeks out of him and Andy Dalton. And I think he's been done a little bit dirty this year, though he's kind of like held us hostage with his trade demand type shit. So it's whatever. And Nick Foles will be the only of the two on contract next season. So why not roll with him? Anywho, we didn't look... Very good. We didn't look put together. Good for Darnell Mooney reaching a thousand yards. I mean, it's it's at the point where you already know you're not making the playoffs. You know you're heading towards a regime change, hopefully. So you start to just pick out the positives. And that's where I was at. I was just picking out the positives. Like, yes, our defensive line was crashing in on Kirk and making him look like a putz in the first half. Oh, that made man. me happy. Smashing him. Smashing him. Um and it's I hard because like 
man, I love good defensive line play. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, don't sack my quarterback, but also, oof, you guys are having great pass rush. Like, I'm like, Did, it's like I, I almost like hard. We have, we're playing for nothing, either of us. So I was like, I was almost appreciating it. I was appreciating the Vikings defense's turnovers in the second half, to be fair. But I also think they were gifted to them. Um, I sit here, I sit here and be like, Patrick ball. Peterson's my disappointment of the season. And then he, he gets is. a pick six. He was. But it's his only interception of the year. This was the and only was season of his career. Only season of his career he hadn't had an interception, so he had to get one yesterday. And I think it was so Sunday. cool. It was so nice to have... Sorry, Sunday. What the fuck? Uh, it's like Thursday right now. Um, it was so cool that he's, he, I, he's like friends with Aqib Tlaib. Aqib Tlaib was calling the game, and I think it was like Aqib Tlaib's kid's birthday. So like Patrick Peterson like like said he'd get a pick and give Aqib Tlaib's kid the ball. And like so, like that's cool, but make that claim every week then, and then have fucking seventeen picks, right? Right. Well, a few things. Um, a, you know how much I love Patrick Peterson. He was my number one Q- er, cornerback for a long time in the league. Um, I mean, he's one of those legend. guys that I, I think that guy could have been Pippin stuff. My dog is. He's got a little wound on his on his wrist that I had to wrap. Little hot anyway, spot. Uh, I think Peterson could have been an All Pro wide receiver. And strictly kick returner, and not just a secondary player. You know what I mean? He's just that good of an athlete. So there's that. There, another thing is that if I'm not mistaken, that pick six came on like Andy Dalton getting blasted when he threw it up, and it was a huge duckerino. And then third, um, I don't know if you recognize this while it was happening, but it was Akeem Talib and Gus Johnson in the booth, if I'm not mistaken. Which Gus Johnson and Justin Fields is a great pairing, but. We didn't get Justin. Did you notice that there was a bit of friction between Gus Johnson and Aqib Talib throughout that? No. no okay, I so I did. So there I, were times. I, but and I, I wasn't. I Sometimes, dude, sometimes I don't even have the volume up. I'm so, so the, weird. And then you have the gall to critique my critique of the broadcast booth. Well, I mean. You have the stones. Yes, because, yes, because you're, you're coming after fucking, like, legends. But I don't know. Who are lazy up there? They're being lazy sometimes, and I call them out like, dude, if it's so a So watch your billion, precious Manning okay. cast, then, if you want something different. It's different, though. I know. That's why I don't want it's it. It's just them talking and, like, bringing on guests who I don't usually care for anyway. But, anywho, it. Gus Johnson asked Aqib Tlaib who he thought would make the playoffs, and Aqib just, like, wouldn't do it. And it, it t- to the point where I think Aqib Tlaib didn't know who is in contention. Like oh, in fine. the back of my head, and then but why Gus wouldn't would, there'd be a pause say that during commercial like, or something? Right? Do I think they might have? Because they stopped. But Gus would be like five second pause. He's like, man, it's like being in the booth with a lawyer or something. And I'm just like, oh, oh my god, because it keeps like, man, I don't, I don't know. I it, like, sorry, I shouldn't do voices for both of them and stuff. But like, <laughs> it was very funny, dude. And then there were other times where Akeeb would like talk about a play, and in my head, I'm like. That doesn't seem right. And then Gus would just not say anything. And I'm like, I think Gus was thinking this guy's not very good in the booth. That's all I could think. He's and I could new, be completely right? Akib is very new. I think this is his first I know. season. Well, and then Akib's leave had his family in the booth at the end. Gus is probably like this mother. Dude, I really got the vibe that Gus is like, what the fuck am I bouncing off of right now? That because he's used to funny. Joel Klatt. And Joel Klatt, in my opinion, is a superstar in the booth. You know what's funny, and I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention, um, but I was like watching. Or I mean, in terms of listening to the the cast, but I was watching, and I was like, all I remember thinking was, "Fuck, I enjoy that we get to have former like former players I grew up with." No, like I literally had this whole thought process of like, 
this is how our dad, like how our like you know like dad's generation felt with like their former players playing that we don't give a fuck about when we were kids. But now I'm gonna get so juiced if I see RG three covering college football, and like I'm gonna get juiced if Akib Talib is calling a game, and I'm like, oh, I, you know what I mean? It, these are these are we're now older than these than the rookies and stuff. Dude. We're now older. We're <clears throat> I, yeah. we're almost out to pasture as NFL players. I'm almost thirty, so it's like it was a weird transition from. Like just wholeheartedly Actually, following very, very college about, recruits about life today, and looking up to them, and then realizing I'm older than these college recruits now. Uh, another thing, Andrew Luck showed up with RG three, and he looked like great he's, mustache. He he looked like either like a middle school science teacher or somebody that is like an oil prospector and sold somebody some faulty land for a huge tidy profit. That's, that's so funny. I feel like he looks like a seventies folk artist. Like, like, I, I mean, he, like looks, he looks, he like, certainly looks like something. He looks like he plays like in of monsters and men to, to name a modern day band. Like he looks like he's about to fucking be on. If the, you changed like, his outfit, he could be a Mumford. I'm telling you, he looks like he he looks like he travels with Mumford, like he follows the shows, he tours. Um, well, really quick to to put a button on the Bears Vikings second half adjustments, obviously not there. Um, our team has some young building pieces that's really really gonna the rest is gonna need to be stripped down. So to transition to the front office, as I requested of the uh, ownership, I sent in a formal, you know request for them to fire Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and they they obliged both of them got canned your formal after, request it's like yeah it's like Aiden your formal request is like you at his kids high school game you're like fire him boom Nagy okay so something you okay what needs to be talked about is George McCaskey's presser um are you aware of a JD Dickerson who is a Chicago media guy who he had an untimely passing about a week and a yes. half ago absolutely yes yeah a lot yeah, of talk it made about it. made of made rounds yeah like and what's so unfortunate so there's a lot that's being done for his young i think 11 year old son and i mean rest in peace jd it's very sad a lot of my favorite podcasters for the bears were great friends with him and you can tell how sad they are um his son parker they set up a fund called parker's fund for him the bears contributed players are contributing all of the above to help set him up um and George McCaskey begins the presser by talking about JD, you know, and how sad that was and talking about Parker. And then he just the worst transition of all time says in, and in, in somebody who's Parker's age is Matt Nagy's son. And the bears fans were like taunting him at his high school football game, which is not okay. And he starts going in about that. Parker first off is 11 and Nagy's son is obviously like, later high school age playing high school football so not exactly pure peers but also what a shoddy transition to just go from something so tragic and fresh to something that was months ago for the coach you just shit can that has nothing to do with it um dude this is like some bungus asmr luke it's nothing but coughing and coffee coughing um so next you have mccaskey just ripping off a bunch of I don't know, anecdotes about Bill Polian's book. I mean, the good news, Bill Polian is helping with the coaching and GM search. The bad news is Bill Polian's like 80 years old. So a lot of very, very uh, pointed and fair questions were asked of McCaskey. 
and he obviously deflected a lot of which were like why are you and ted phillips the the guys to to handle this rebuild in the the coaching search when you've done it the last few times and the results have been terrible <clears throat> and they handled everything quite poorly in their answers the guy the guy came off as someone who know didn't know shit about football which is crazy and at one point Luke this is the funniest thing early in his presser he said look I'm not a football evaluator. I'm just a football fan, is what George uh, McCaskey said. And then proceeded to say, he's like, I make the final decisions. Uh, they're like, who's going to decide who's the coach? He's like, me, I will be making the final decision. He's like, but you just said that you're not a football evaluator. Oh, so how can you good. evaluate the football? Um, so there's that. There's the fact that I can't remember exactly what the show is called, but it's got like, Alex Brown, former Bears defensive end. It's got Lance Briggs, and it's got um, Owen Krutz and another guy who's not a former player on this like podcast slash show, wherein they asked a story and or they asked a question of Owen, and he told a story that I think it was when Harry Heatstand, former and now current um, fighting Irish offensive line coach was the Bears. He just got hired again as the Irish offensive line coach. He's the Bears offensive line coach. I think 2018, they they approached Owen Krutz to be an intern or something for the offensive line and offered him $15 an hour, which to me is honestly yeah. insulting for a Hall of Fame potential center. And I mean, Owen was like, for let that- me tell you this, minimum wage in Chicago is over $20. So. That's crazy. Was it in 2018? Probably not. I mean, that wasn't, I was, I, I mean, no, well, but anywho. it wasn't like 2019, like, cause yeah. I was working, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm just Owen saying like, said, that's fucking bat shit. For that money, I will not, I think that's kind of insulting. And he said that story. One of the last questions that I think Adam Hogue, or I think it might've been John's, the, I listen to the Hogan John's Bears podcast a lot. Well, they ask good questions. Look at you, when they're, you're, super, you're super fan. I love it. They ask very good questions, very fair questions. And he asked, like, if there was any validity to this story at $15 an hour. <clears throat> and McCaskey waffled for a bit. And then he said at the end of it, you could tell he was trying to be very political with his choice of words. He said, everyone who knows Owen knows that everything he says has to be taken with a grain of salt. And then there was like a, a hush in the room. And Adam says, so just to be clear, are you saying that he lied? And then he basically doubled down. He's like, look, he's like, you know, he said something along the lines of, you know, I expect Olin to be in the Hall of Fame getting a gold jacket someday and he's going to have a great story to start off his speech. Uh, and I'm like, what the this hell? is going to I all I could think of is like, a how dare this man who knows nothing about football, Your who's the son player. of Bears royalty. These guys dude, the Bears. They don't give a fuck about the fans they just care about money is all i can think or maybe it's just george i think virginia cares maybe they're just tone deaf maybe they're just elitist and stupid but i mean crutes fired back on a podcast quite quickly and he was like look there would be no physical contact because we're older men but words would be spoken he's like because you're gonna call he was like yelling he's like you're gonna call me a liar like I don't know, man. Owen rubs me the wrong way with his comments sometimes. He seems a little too opinionated on it, on some things, but, like, I've never once thought the guy lies. Owen, I mean, fucking excellent football player. And he though. has like, the I, right I to make those claims. One of, I can't. In a heartbeat, I would want him on my coaching staff, at least as a quality guy. Yes. 
Sick. Yes, remember like we were in an era where like Matt Burke and Olin Krutz were like both playing center in the same division at the same time, and they're both like Hall of Fame dudes. It's fucking crazy. I think what it all boils down to, the biggest vibe that I got from the Bears is that they are a bunch of yes men, or sorry, they're a bunch of people who cannot handle criticism of their team, criticism of the structure that of their front office, which is structured in a very strange way. And they want yes men in charge that will just do what they say. And they're okay with mediocrity. They don't want a guy that's going to come in. Because Chris Ballard came in uh, for interviews with Ryan Day. Chris Ballard of you know Indianapolis Colts recent draft fame. And Chris Ballard was like, we don't. I don't think that the structure should be as it is with with me going to Ted, who then goes to George McCaskey, when Ted Phillips knows sh- dick all about football as well. Um, and they didn't choose him. They chose Ryan Day, the yes man. So we're always going to be in purgatory as long as the head decision makers are of this kind of mindset. So yes, I'm happy that we cleaned house, but I don't think we have the right people in the places of power to choose. And a lot of Bears fans are pissed, rightly so. And I see a lot of people saying you should just boycott until they change their ways. But I'll never uh, do that. And a lot of them are going to be. Able to do that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Not gonna happen. So, no way. Also, they asked, um, is Justin Fields going to have any input in the hiring process of the head coach who's going to be coaching him? And he's Ooh. basically in a long-winded way said no. Well, he should. And I'm not saying he should be flying to every like meeting from Florida where he's training. I think he should, they should have his line hit up and he should prop maybe even be in a zoom, like in the zoom picture while they're interviewing. He should hear what the coach's plans are for his future. If he had a burrow rookie season, I'd say, yeah, but like burrow um, got his knee obliterated. Are you but saying still looked because really of that? Good. No, oh. it, but still looked really good. Fields didn't look good this year. Like if Fields looked like Mac Jones, like I like Fields and I'm rooting for him, but like I in the head coaching hiring process for the Bears, I need to find a head coach who's going to tell me what they're going to do to make Justin Fields perform. I guess like, Justin like, Fields. Why like, would Justin if I have not Russell Wilson or like Aaron Rodgers, I have them have input on a head coach. But like Fields is green as green can be, man. I guess I get where you're coming from. I see him higher. They've never made it sound like he's the franchise guy. If they said from the jump last season that he was the franchise guy, if he's Trevor Lawrence even, where he's the undisputed starter, you know what I mean? You're right. They handled it terribly. In another thing, there's been a couple articles I've read where NFL execs league wide think Justin Fields quickly realized that Matt Nagy didn't know anything, so he he went. And and he was he was resigned to the Probably fact right. that like this guy wasn't going to help him, and he made the comment. And I noticed this because I listened to Fields pressers. He made a comment in the last presser of the season where he said that Matt Nagy coached him to the best of his abilities. Uh, and I truly think I think Fields knows ball. I think that's all he cares about. And I think Matt Nagy just fan. doesn't have the football mind to to be able to handle it. And that was seen by his adjustments it. and his. You know, his play calling and the the route structure for the wide receivers. It's a whole thing. Um, enough about the Bears for now because I need to give myself some content for the offseason to talk about. But, however, glad that they got rid of everybody. I think we, despite some of the detractors, we still have a desirable opening due to the fact that we have fields in a nice little nucleus of young players. So, I think it's your turn. Go ahead. Hit me with it. Vikings. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I kind of said a quick piece at the beginning. It's it's weird to see a transition. Um, Zimmer is fine. That's fine for it to happen, in my opinion. Like, the only real big run we had was, uh, um, I mean, like, I think he went to the playoffs when we lost to that really cold game um, against Seattle. And then I think it was a we missed had... field goal. Yep, <clears throat> and then we had the the Minneapolis miracle with Keenum, uh, and then we went to the NFC Championship that year, which was really cool. But really quick, that, I mean, that... the game you should have won, you lost on a very Vikings missed field goal, and the game you should have lost, you had a miracle. Yeah, sorry, I just I mean, had to say that. And then we had the absolute <laughs> snot beat out of us, I believe, by the Eagles, who went on to Big Dick Nick the Super Bowl that year, right? After they beat so, us, yeah. So. I mean, not not all that's Zimmer's fault. We had a lot of kicking woes and stuff, but of late, it, it started to become like, um, it started to feel like this season, as we moved through and lost so many close games, that we were clearly competent competent enough talent wise to be in the game, if not be leading for a lot of it. But we, that's the disconnect, right? If these players are good and the numbers are good. And like we are capable of these things, why isn't it happening? And that's at some point that has to come down to play calling and coaching, right? Like at some point yeah. it has to. It's it's not at some point. It in my opinion, it's been evident since like the first five weeks of the season. And Zimmer's been Zimmer's been uh, you know a good head coach for us. Like um, I, I I've seen a lot of head coaches in my in my short time. Um, and I think he did just fine. I think I think. Uh, Question: but, Did but, Kendricks make a comment about fear-based coaching tactics? Ooh, I don't know. I didn't. Uh, but that's. I mean. Okay, you I, keep I talking, totally and I'll look that. that up. I know people were disappointed and stuff. All I really feel is like it, Zimmer was out the door. It, the the way he was acting was so weird. The fact that Justin Jefferson. He did. He did. Asked about Vikings culture, and he basically said, "I don't think a fear-based organization is the way to go." Sorry. Yeah, it's safe ball, and and I've and you've heard me on this podcast sing the praises of of playing it safe. I don't mind a little bit. I don't mind some average, some safe money ball like that sort of deal. But the problem comes when there's no killer instinct and you can't finish, and we could never finish. Um, but Jefferson's such a fucking fan of Moss. Jefferson is clearly on a trajectory of something incredibly special, and Jefferson has the opportunity to break Moss's single-season Vikings receiving record, yardage. It's from 2003, and it's became, it's becoming the talk of the town. Uh, everybody's all excited about it. Kirk throws for like 30-some yards in the first half. We have it one seem like good cornerback. We have yeah, one good secondary like, player. <laughs> it seems like it's not going to happen. Then, then Jefferson breaks out for over 100, and with the man 17 yards away from, break, from breaking the record – and Zimmer has him kneel on it. And I understand we were up by a lot, but it's the last game of the season. I and and Well it wasn't gone. even just that. He had like a whole drive before that to feed the rock to him, didn't he, when you were already up? <clears throat> they did. And the problem was that um Jefferson was getting covered so hard that Kirk was busting it to fucking KJ Osborne and all this other stuff. For but, yards. What, for, but but Kirk and Jefferson uh reportedly had been excitedly talking about getting the record together all week 
They were like, we're going to get this. We're going to get this. Jefferson was on the sideline saying, I got to get fed. Like, I want this really bad. Like, I want the record. And Zimmer had an opportunity to, to like, be cool there. <laughs> like, at least just do that. And he didn't do it. And, like, and, and when they even asked about him, asked about it in the presser, he was like, I... I don't care about records. Like, I care about wins or something like that. And I was like, okay, man. Like, all right, whatever. Like, what about both, bud? Yeah, What rock about on. making I your mean, star player and your fan base happy ever? Yeah, I as mean, a Bears fan who was getting whooped on the second half, even – I mean, I made a joke. I was like – I think I said something to the tune of, like, that's classless to go for that. But And then I quickly followed up. I'm like, I'm kidding. You go for the record. Why not? And we did it. I mean, it's so frustrating. Um, Whatever. That's behind us, and that's fine. The Spielman thing hurts more um, just because I I really – so many of my favorite players over the years and so many of, like, these rosters were handcrafted by Spielman. Um, So many many players, like, that are still on the team that are all-timers, like – so many fucking like Harrison Smith, dude. Like, like the 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 dream, the dream come cometh true to like get my boy from Notre Dame and for like Spielman's the kind of guy that dips back into the first round and gets you fucking Harrison Smith. Like that's good shit. Like Spielman's Got the guy. Got you who, tail. Who, uh, could have. Uh, Spielman's the dude. I'm joking. Uh, that fucking walks into a draft with thirteen picks every year. Like, Which is fucking crazy, and no wonder he's hitting more often than not. You know, it's just like amazing. The Bears and have five next year, five draft picks. I, I that part's gonna be hard. We better hire somebody damn fucking good there because I really think that Spielman was uh, incredible at his gig, and I would not be surprised uh, to see Spielman stay in the NFC North. Um, probably not the Bears, but uh, I've heard I've heard people talk about the Lions. I think was, I would immediately um, think Lions. Yeah, and God help me if he goes and figures out the Lions because Dan Campbell's built a good culture. That team is hungry and ready to fight. <laughs> they just need some steerage. I, I I think fucking Spielman could could bump the Vikes or the Bears to the cellar dweller if if he got a hold of Detroit. I really do. Um so it's a bummer, but that we'll see what happens. Would be like so wild. I mean, it could happen. But you'd um, have to do a drafting. I just don't think the Lions are a place people want to sign for. As well, they would do a drafting. That's the thing. Like yeah. they would. Um, I mean, and good GMs draft, too. but they also execute trades and they also sign free agents. You know, that's like people. The, the other people two scoff pillars. At, people scoff at the Kirk tra- the Kirk deal. Um, I do and. I understand that that's that is a hill that you ultimately ended up dying on. I think it's fine. I think he's he's performed better than most Vikings quarterbacks in our. Let me ask you history. this though: What year did you guys trade for him? Like four or five years ago. Okay, so like in that time, if you look at the past four QB cycles of draftable quarterbacks, like, do you ever just sit there and wonder, like? Even if we got like the third tier guy, or sometimes like, would it have been better for us, like cap wise and like wins and records? Like, it is what it is. Like, if you like good, you know, like stats and passing performances, which of course everybody does, like Kirk is going to get Jefferson 1,500 yards a year, but you'll never ever be great. You'll never be great. Jefferson said, 
Jefferson Kirk's not said Kirk's not the problem too. Like Jefferson likes Kirk at least publicly. Like I, I yeah, don't know, he's man. not the I, problem, but he's not the solution. You need the solution, but he doesn't have to be. If you figure out what QB out that's winning team, Super Bowls isn't the solution. Uh, a lot of QBs that win Super Bowls usually have a pretty fucking good defense. If we have a very fucking good defense performing, then Kirk plays exactly the, the way Chiefs. he's playing right now. I mean, okay, but that's I know that's I know that's strange. Fucking, Buccaneers yeah, did like, the uh, the Rams when they made the Super Bowl had a very good defense that got beat by the Chiefs. Like I get where you're coming from. I'm just saying, having a QB that's not the problem is a problem in my opinion you have to have a qb that is overcoming problems that's not just managing above average you need a guy who can elevate players who can tell you something who can be clutch when he needs to be clutch not just once out of like 50 games well i look forward to i look forward to seeing what happens in the offseason um you know this is going to be the nfl is the wild west right now and it's awesome so um i'm really excited to see it feels like it feels like big fucking things big shakeups dude our really off-season cool. podcast is going to be like daft punk we're gonna be like our well, work matters. is never over i know dude fucking around the world the fucking around we're gonna be world around. uh so less interesting than these two is joe judge Rookie harder being make it better do it faster dude. makes us like, stronger more than fucking ever. a couple weeks ago they're like joe judge is our man daniel jones is our man we're gonna give it another crack and then joe judge has that weird presser they suck a few more games and then never mind they're like joe judge is fired and they wait. that's less a- interesting the more interesting is brian flores being fired yeah like what the fuck he has didn't he have two winning seasons as a dolphins head coach he had i think it was a better win-loss record than all but like seven other teams in his time it's there. like unbelievable so like, here's so the thing about I hope the vikings jump the flores. on that man <clears throat> that was my thought as well and then i started hearing a lot of reports that a lot of the people in the dolphins organization did not like working for him and that worries me a bit didn't and- like flores Yes, that's what I, that's the reports coming out, and that's part of the reason why he got canned. And also, you have to consider how he handled Tua, which I think Didn't he was win his... like nine straight games this no, season yeah. to end the season. It's like what he, the fuck. But he also started like one in seven. Like so, there's there is a give and take with this. I think the way he handled Tua was like almost historically bad. You should sure. never you bounce back and forth. You, you know should I never like be in and out. You love Tua. Um, it's yeah, a weird love. It is I've still, built this it is year. still in- incredibly shocking that he was fired. I'm not at all shocked that Joe Judge was fired. I'm just shocked that they came out in support of him beforehand. I, I'm not shocked Joe Judge is fired. I'm just shocked at like an organization just eating their own words uh, after two weeks. Like that doesn't normally happen. But the Giants and the Maras and stuff, they're like, they're like. I'd rather be embarrassed by saying something two weeks ago than be embarrassed by the, the the play on the field. And it's embarrassing. Like the Giants are too big of a fucking fan base of a of a of a of a historic fucking franchise. Market. Market. The Giants and the Jets, to be honest with you, why we're talking New York, are too fucking like huge to be this shitty it's not to, right. to go out but, like, there and have negative out. 10 passing yards after figure eli for out. over 10 years it's crazy 
and Eli the thing wins is, two rings. Like, what's fucking... the commonality between these two coaches we just referenced? And that they're Belichick coaching tree guys, um, Belichick. So part of it is that you can't run a Patriots culture anywhere except New England. You can't have a no fun team anywhere else because you're going to go in there with a tenured roster who's never been about that, and they're just going to reject you. And Tell that's that been... to Mike Tomlin. I know Mike Tomlin's not no fun, but he's pretty hardcore. Is he a Belichick guy? He's not a Belichick guy, but I just mean you're talking about a culture that's a little more serious and stuff. Bro, and I, and I think are that... you kidding me? I'm sorry. I hate to call you out. I'm sorry. I think Have Tomlin Please. has the one of the longest leashes for players acting out of any coach I've ever seen in my entire life. He lets those fucking players just pop off at the mouth, do bullshit on the field, and there's so many character concerns that have come from that team. Are you kidding me? Fair enough. Continue. Sorry, I did not mean to be a dick there, but when you said like I don't know that like, I agree, but I'm I don't know that I agree, but I'm not like in a in a position to like I I see a I see a head coach who's won multiple multiple Super Bowls who runs a never had a over the past season. couple of seasons over the past couple of seasons like you've had like Juju and Claypool and like stuff like that, but I mean Tomlin's the only person that could could ha- like work with AB like Tomlin's the only person that could. Fucking, I mean, I don't know. I, I have a lot of respect for the man, but maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I do as well. I want that to be clear that I actually want Mike Tomlin to coach the Bears. If that could I ever mean, happen. It's not going to happen. No, I would almost be willing. to still retirement, right? Correct. He looks young, but he's much older than you'd think. Um, How old is he? Dude, I want to say he's in his 50s at least. Well, maybe yeah, I'd assume he's in his 50s, but that ain't that old. Um, I do think he's he's no, he's forty nine. He looks younger though. He looks like a young forties, late thirties to me. I mean, um, anywho, I do think he has an incredibly long leash, but he does have. I mean, depends on how you're classifying the culture. Maybe it's just the fact that they character concerned players are drawn to them. They have a winning culture. Um, it is what it is, though. Like Judge was a fucking piece mean, of shit. Though. All People these talk- Patriots boys can't fuck except for like Vrabel, right? And he's not even a Patriots coaching. Well, I mean, I guess he is, but he's a Patriots. He was player, more of so. a player. And dude, yeah. Vrabel fucks. Patricia I'll never forget. Fuck. I'll never forget Vrabel busting his forehead open, headbutting Joey Bosa with a helmet on on the sideline. The oh, one Vrabel's year he was our D line coach. Ta- speaking of players, we grew up watching. Like that's why it's cool to see this happen. Like I fucking I grew up being like, oh shit, Mike Vrabel. There's a yeah. There's going to be a lot. I mean, what was it? Black Monday was not a letdown. There were plenty of shit-canned coaches. <clears throat> I, I say know. now that we're past um, waxing poetic about our maligned franchises, which we're going to be doing all off picks. season. Let's Is talk playoff name? picks. Uh, should so we run excited. through? Should we run through the last week's schedule real quick? Because I, I kind of want to talk about Raiders and Chargers for a second because Luke. Messaged the group chat and said, let's stop watching this boring fucking game and play Mario Party. And we played an entire game of Mario Party. I stopped after it was over, which Luke won. Um, after it was over, I get a text from T talking about the game. And then like, it's 11 p.m. It's still going on. And I turn it on and it just started over time. And mm-hmm. you got the Jags pick, right? And yeah. then it almost was a tie game. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. Okay, so firstly... Let's just say Jags beat the Colts. They didn't just beat them. They absolutely beat the shit out of them, which is fucking crazy and embarrassing. 
On ESPN, it literally says Jaguars clown Colts 26 to 11. Prevent Indy from I making mean, playoffs. Bad. Like the third one of the season, wasn't it? Like, Wentz had a 4.4 Q, uh, passer. No, QBR. Oh, no, passer rating. Sorry. QBR goes higher than 100. He had a 4.4 4 passer I've rating. Been, that's the Colts I've been seeing all year. Like, not in my, good. Despite even when they were in playing your, well, in, like, your mental, in your mind's that's eye. That's the Colts. Yeah, I just uh, feel that way. Steelers overcome the Ravens in overtime. Can you um, – is it elucidate? Can you elucidate me on why Lamar's still not playing? Maybe I missed that. He's hurt. Ankle? Yeah, something like that. Okay. I think first it was like it was like ill first it was like illness, but it wasn't COVID illness, and then he got tweaked, I think. Um but you I know, mean, also they're not going. They're not going to the playoffs. They're right? not so going to like the playoffs now. Yeah, so like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Snoop came in and did great, but like, I mean, dude, Lamar oh, is a is a is an answer. What did I say earlier when I was saying what you need out of a date. No, is that the right way to use that? Okay, anyhow, <laughs> I don't Titans know. I've never beat, used it. Titans beat the Texans to clinch the number one seed. You've got. 49ers overcoming Rams in what was an awesome overtime. There was overtime in every time period of the Sunday slate. There was a morning overtime, an afternoon, and an evening. It feels like there was more overtime this year than any season I've ever ever fucking experienced. I agree. I'd I'd love to see the stat. Mac Jones looked like a little baby against the Dolphins. He was a little (laughs) wee baby. Wee baby. Dude, he did. Uh... (laughs) Buccaneers he does kind of look like a fucking Panthers. baby. He does. And then we need to just hit on <laughs> Raiders beating the Chargers in overtime where oh it was God. quite likely after both team hit a field goal that the Raiders were willing to run the clock out. And then Staley like took a timeout and cost his team the playoffs, which is so crazy to me. Why You're would you take that timeout? Why would he take that timeout? The I only thing – I think he said – and this is the guy that goes for it on fourth down every time. But like fourth and down. I believe he did it because there is some oft chance that he's gonna get the ball back within it. But like, dude, it was quite clear that that team was willing to run the clock out. Why wouldn't you? Collinsworth was literally fapping to the idea of both teams doing a gentleman's kneel. He was like to the point it was getting annoying. Just like me. He's like, why won't they just take a kneel? Why won't there be a tie? Somebody was calling in from the top of the executive booth. They're like, plug the tie. Plug the tie. This has never happened. Plug the tie. I know. Yes. Thank you. Good TV. Herbert. Yeah. Herbert throws it 64 times, which is a lot. Um, It was a very electric game. The parts that we caught because Luke made us not watch it. Um, You know, you can decide if Luke is a real true blue football fan or not. That's not for me to I'm, say on the podcast. Why are you? This is me. Why are you booing me? I'm right. Like, <laughs> like that. Like I'm that. Like that's literally me all the time. I'm like fucking hey, man. Like you're sitting here telling me I'm getting all this shit right, and then you're like, Luke doesn't know football. I'm like, I do. But I fucking do. The regular season is the past, and we're beyond that now. Oh, we are playoff <laughs> ready. Oh boy! And oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Wild card has always oh boy, kind oh boy, of been. Oh boy. A jam-packed playoff day wherein you have a hard time catching every game because a couple games are on at the same time, generally, right? So you're like, all right, I'm going to key in on the good game, wait for the conclusion to see which one is the more appealing towards the end. But now, every game is a primetime game spread over three days. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Monday. Night fucking playoff football. I explained to D, I'm like, primetime 
is when it's the only game on. So everybody that likes football is watching the game. And now every game is primetime. Starting with Saturday at 3.30, Raiders versus Bengals at the Bengals, arrested Joe Burrow with Derek Carr sporting a very Aiden Wright haircut. Very Aiden Wright. Um, let me let me tell you something, dude. I think the Bengals are going to win by like 14 to 21 points. I think they're going to the out of the, the Raiders. World. It's very cool the Raiders made the playoffs despite all the batshit stuff going on in the organization this year. Um, shout out to Derek Absolutely. Carr as well for making it. It's so I mean good for him. Um, this is good this is good stuff. Um, it's a nice little the Raiders making it right after John Madden passes feels cool too. Um, but I, I think the Bengals are, you, you know, you've been you've been spot on. They're they're special. They're one of my few good takes this year. Um, I had something I was gonna say about about Joe earlier, so I'll say it now. Imagine for if, Joe. Imagine if they consulted Joe for their drafting for the last year's first round pick, and they're like, "All right, Joe, here's what we got. We got these two great tackles. We got Rashawn Slater." He's, you know, a little bit undersized, shorter arms. Maybe he has to bump into guard, but we think he could really work at tackle. And then we got this generational talent, 20 years old, Panay Sewell. And Joe's just like, yeah, the problem is when at the line of scrimmage, I kind of own that and I can maneuver. Um, give me Jamar Chase, who's just going to feast for me. And I could imagine, like, that. all jokes aside, I could literally imagine Joe's saying, I prefer Jamar Chase. Give me the wide receiver. <laughs> I'll handle it at the line of scrimmage. And then he did that. And Jamar Chase is like, as much as we say Justin Jefferson is this superstar, which he is, it cannot be denied that Jamar Chase was the better wide receiver in college. And it could be possible that he is the better wide receiver in the NFL, which is crazy to think, but it's happening. You may not want to admit it, but like, He's doing unbelievable things, and they're inevitably going to be compared just due to when they came in the league, due to playing at LSU, due to being pals, all this stuff, the numbers they're putting up. Um, I, I'm hey happy to watch, happy to watch good football and stuff. There's um, that LSU connection. It is. It absolutely is. But remember when he couldn't catch a football? It's like the the there's there's the didn't he say the stripes are different or something? He said there's no in college there's a there's a white stripe on the football in the NFL it's just brown. So he was like talking about how not seeing that stripe was hard. It was crazy. It was a weird comment to make. I thought he was gonna bust for a second. I, I mean, when I heard that dude, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like everybody was. It gave everybody. You did pause, have a point you were gonna make about up. the white ass. Sorry, I cut you off there as I often do. I don't. I don't remember. Okay, so I'm going to pick the Bengals in this one. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's going to be handy. I really do. (gasps) Next at seven, we have Patriots versus Bills at the Bills. Well, has all the trimmings of an ice bowl. It's supposed to be cold as three three degrees, I think. It's supposed to be, oh my God. And the third time they've played this season, and both the the matchups have been so interesting. Like, dude, this is going to be... Okay, Steve. And I think poor Josh Allen loses in the wild card again. I think he will as well. And I had to think about it for a while. And I'm like, if the if it's inclement weather, you got to start thinking about the ground games. And I'm like, 
honestly, I almost take New England's running backs over Josh Allen just toting the rock the whole game. Yep, agreed. And I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at a game where they beat the Bills with Mac throwing three times. Uh, he probably <gasps> will have to throw it a few more times. Um, and I know they lost to the Bills the second time, but I think when it comes to the playoffs, I think. I honestly think that it's unfortunate that Josh Allen is going to run into the Patriots in the wild card because I know he's been on the trajectory of getting the Bills back to the promised land, and it bums me out to make the pick. But I think you, you bow to Belichick in the playoffs, and I think Mac Jones has looked really special this year. Dude, Belichick saying bone saw is ready right now. Dude, he's not afraid to take a stand. Next Sunday... Noon game, Eagles at Buccaneers. Oh, by the way, I am going to pick the Patriots and you as well. Uh, Eagles at Buccaneers, though. Oh, 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 Buccaneers. Oh my Yeah, God, it's Buccaneers. it's Buccaneers. Um, good for the Eagles making shocking. the playoffs. But I just don't see it happening. If the Eagles won. 49ers at the Cowboys. This is a much more interesting game <clears throat> because though – it's an electric offense with Dak at the QB, and though they put up 50 points last week, I think against the Eagles, um, there's been a lot of down games in the last, like, six weeks with Dak since he came back off injury. And the Without 49ers are peaking. I don't understand the 49ers. I'm like, how are they here? Like, I was like, yeah, did I it's just wild. sleep on their whole they, season? I've thought that about a couple teams. Like, I didn't really – it took me a while to realize, oh, the Chiefs are, like – the best team in the AFC again? You know what I mean? Um, like, yeah, they're not the number one yeah, seed and all, but like, good. they hit a 12 win quick after starting quite poorly. So, back to the yes, Buccaneers, Eagles, no or sorry, back to the 49ers, Cowboys. Um, I am going to take the Cowboys, but I think this is going to be one of the better games of the week. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it's tough. I, I think um, it'll come down to a Trayvon Diggs pick on J- uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at the end. I think it's got to be the Cowboys. It, it doesn't seem like the Niners belong here. Um, as I mean, take that any way you want, but I just feel like this team isn't the team that's going to make noise in the playoffs. This is the team that it's a nice benchmark to make the wild card, but you're one and done, in my opinion. Next we have Steelers at Chiefs, the night game. Hopefully that's a good one, but I think the Chiefs are just going to beat the absolute piss out of them. I'm not going to lie to you. I think uh, they're going to beat them I quite know, that's what handy. everyone's saying. I mean, every every single thing points to the Steelers losing, including Ben in his presser being like, look, we're, we're, not, we're probably not a good football team. Did you hear him say all this stuff? It's so weird. No. <clears throat> I did oh, not you have to look that. it up. You have to look it up. Like oh, Ben was no. like, I mean, he's like, we're probably well, look, we're probably not a very good football team. He's like, uh, you know, there's out of uh, out of the fourteen teams, we're probably fourteen. You know, uh, like, you know, <laughs> it, like probably don't pro- probably Send don't belong. Set the bar belong. low for himself on the way out. Probably probably don't belong belong here. Probably aren't, shouldn't be here. Like basically, dude, you have to see it. It's fucking crazy. And I think a lot of people took it and ran with it. I, that's not what he meant. He meant to be like, so we gotta fuck. But I I I think it's somewhere in the middle. But it sounds like never horrible. forget that and it during like, the overtime in in Vegas they panned to the lone Steelers jersey guy in the crowd who was just like what the fuck because he thought they were gonna go for the overtime or that tie. I know. Uh, then the Steelers was, wouldn't have made it. 
I know. Ben's like, fuck, I'm tired. I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> so, Dude, you, I'm so tired at 28. I can only imagine. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I think it would be so nice, <coughs> excuse me, to see – I don't. It's impossible to think the Steelers beat the Chiefs there, but um, not impossible, but pretty crazy. I think it'd be so nice to see him at least play the Chiefs well, because like we're on the Ben farewell tour, and regardless of that, like regardless of of anything, uh, personally about Ben or uh, or anything else, like it's just like oh, it's another it's another legend hanging it up. So you want to see them end on as high a note as possible. I got you. Who do you have in this one? I got Chiefs. It's the Chiefs, but I just I I hope it's close. Yeah, I don't think it will be, but I agree. I hope Honestly, they're all close. So they're all prime amazing time. Amazing TV. Amazing TV if the Steelers win. Amazing TV. Lastly, we have the Monday night matchup, which is an interdivision Cardinals against Rams for a third oh, time. This might be the sickest one. This At might be the, the Rams. One. And I have a hard time with this one because I think both teams have been let down. Uh, letdowns the last second half of the season, mostly. Um, you know, Kyler Murray was part of the reason why I fucked off the rest of my fantasy season because he kept almost playing and then not playing for like three straight weeks. Stafford lost last week to the 49ers. Um, he really did. It's tough. It's tough. I think they're starting to click. I think they're relying on um, Odell Beckham a lot more. While they still have an absolutely insane Cooper Cup doing 360 catches in the end zone, this is really tough. I think at home, I'm going to go Rams because I've liked what I've seen lately out of the Rams more than I've liked what I've seen out of the Cardinals. That makes sense. Sorry, I'm closing my door for a helicopter. (laughs) A helicopter? What the fuck is this? Los Angeles? Oh, it certainly (laughs) is. Uh, It really is. Uh, I yeah, Rams. I have um, I have the Rams as well. The Rams are, the Rams we are have, big time. We've picked the same for everyone. <sighs> no bets, uh, you know what I mean? Like we can be, we can go back to, to dude. Agreeing on no diggity, no doubt. Uh, we got the lineup set. It's gonna be a great slate. It's gonna be a crop. We got three straight games. Yes, tomorrow is Friday. TGIF. You know, get your drinks into the belly, but. The next three days after that, be locked and loaded. Be ready. Have have your foods, your meals planned so out. Excited. Have your snacks. Um, make sure you have a comfy seat. Make sure your mm-hmm. vision is twenty twenty. Make sure you have corrective lenses if needed. Uh, you know, you can have your contacts are an option. Uh, get ready to watch a lot of football, guys. It seems like that would have been the perfect <laughs> spot for an ad. We need to get ads on this show. So have you ever had trouble, have you ever had trouble figuring out what you want to eat? Well, have no fear because we have Hello Chef. Hello Chef sends you chef curated boxes with, with all natural ingredients. And it takes all the guesswork out of cooking in the kitchen. My favorite meal is the Baja Barramundi. Dude, this is great. Also, we should send that clip and be like, we're really good at it. And that was free. So next time. But I think they'd be like, uh, it says here you've had 20 plays all year and they're all from T. Herring. I hate like, the Baja oh. Bear Monday. No, I'm just kidding. It's good. Yeah, I think T may be the only one that listens. Until somebody inevitably stumbles upon this when one of us gets a little more famous than we already are. And then it's we get buried. And then we get buried. I think it's going to be you. <laughs> I think you've peaked. I mean, I, I, hard to believe I have. Like, right? what else like, are you this... going to... 
what else are you going to possibly much. ask of those around you? You know, Luke? No, I'm, nah, just, I'm totally joking. No, nah, this is the plateau. So hey, can we plug it yet? Here. Of course. Yeah. Bleed purple, folks. That we can, correct? Yeah. Okay. Luke, as you all are quite aware, the Vikings fan galore over here has made a short film starring his wonderful wife, actor Taylor Taylor, and Kevin Smith. The famous Kevin mm-hmm. Smith of which you are aware, Silent Bob himself. And this is a Vikings-themed short film, incredibly acted by both of the leads in his minivan, or just regular van, in the parking lot of a football stadium, of which he scouted, or a stadium, he scouted many stadiums. It's incredibly well done. It is being picked up by many different award outlets, and I could not be more proud of him. I think this may launch him into the stratosphere. Uh, no thank you I, that's really really sweet of you it, it's fucking crazy the the gist of it and i you know people that listen anybody that listens to this show is so in the bag for this plot but it's just like you uh, know 2020 yeah. was so weird because like it was fanless stadiums uh that happened to be like when my dad passed away and <clears throat> we ended up having him my mom paid for him to be one of the cardboard cutouts at u.s bank stadium i talked about it at the show um and the whole short was kind of born out of the idea of like they emailed my mom when the season was over not this season but last season right um about like either you can pick it up or they can ship it to you and i was like shipping costs would be unreal for that no we i think it wasn't that bad but fucking uh i was like how fucked up would that drive be to like to like go pick up your dead fucking parents like cardboard cutout and then you just like ride back home it just feels weird to me and uh that's exactly <laughs> where the short was born out of and that, that's basically um the gist of the plot is my wife plays a girl who lost her dad and goes to pick up the cutout and uh homeboy snaps to Bailey. life a little bit and it gets a little it gets a little trippy and they get to have one last chat so it's really nice uh it's me uh doing wish fulfillment to be honest with you that's one of the best things about being a writer is anything i want to happen or if life didn't go the way i wanted it i'll be like well i'm in charge and i'll do it the way i want so it feels good it felt very felt very nice very cathartic Absolutely. I found it to be wonderful and, I mean, emotionally provocative. I think it was an incredible love letter to an to an incredibly memorable person. And oh, not just you. that, it was incredibly well done. And you, you take strip away all the other personal trappings from it. Like, it was very well done and it will be recognized as such. Um, well, so none of it happens without the team, man. Thank you. I mean, like, it, it yeah, only happens with, like... Carbondale's, uh, whatever it's called. Can we get, can we get no. a name drop of whatever that was? No, I don't want to. It? No, okay. only, only, only positivity publicly as a filmmaker. That way people aren't as mean to me. Well, I'll say uh, it. <laughs> um, but no, it's so cool. Like, the fact that to have Jordan Monsanto and Kevin Smith and J- Jason Muse uh, be executive producers on something I, I, I made, you know? to direct Kevin, to have Kevin basically play a version of my dad. Like it's all very weird and trippy and sounds like a fever dream. Like, like it feels like just like playing with like action figures. It was very weird. 
Um, but I'm over the moon about it, and hopefully you guys get to see it soon. You can follow at bleed.purple on Instagram if you want to follow the ride, uh, or BBF Prod. That's me and Marissa's production company, or me, Lucas Guy Taylor. Um, eventually, I'm going to not shut up about Bleed Purple. It's going to be like my old movie break. I'm going to not stop talking about it, so get ready. <laughs> he wouldn't talk about it for the longest time, and now the time well, has it's come. Public, it's public news now, baby. But not everybody's seen it. Only festivals have seen it in very close friends and family, and you're one of the very few. Yeah, I should I should certainly hope so. I should certainly mm-hmm. hope I'm a guy that's gonna be getting early viewings of this art. Yeah. Super excited uh to see what becomes of it. I think it definitely will accelerate your eyes. I really do. Um Thanks, I ben. really do. And he then really you're does. gonna forget all about me. And NFL Mayo will be Put on the back burner while you're making a big budget Marvel film. I would so much rather like Taylor or you or like any number of people that I'm like friends with or work with or in love with um, got big and famous because like I don't give a shit. I would I would I would be happy to just keep doing the podcast and making my shit and like whatever and just being like and just chilling collecting Funko Pops and Disney pins and (laughs) I hate all this stuff. I do. Pops. I do want. They're so fun, dude. If you saw my Spider-Man ones, are so fun. If they're not humans, if they're not specifically a human that is with a Funko, like eyes. I'm, yeah, Spidey's I, got like, the good. Okay, taste so for like it. they do. They do superhero ones. I'm a little bit more behind because they're in the they're in the outfit. I'm. They have Pokemon ones, which I I do like the Pokemon ones, even though the eyes are. I haven't pulled weird. the trigger on one. I haven't pulled the trigger on a Pokemon one. I do think they look a little weird. It is what it is. I totally get the draw. You know I'm 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 such a limited edition boy and you know I'm getting into the Criterion. I've always been a Steelbook collector, looking into Era Video as well. Dude, um, making some the, plans. The, the commodities are just too hot like you can't fucking like if you don't pre-order them from Best Buy now you don't get them. Like I know. like the, the the days of walking in and them still having copies on the rack. I don't know if it's cuz I live in West Hollywood or what the fuck's going on, but they're just gone. Oh, no, like, no, not I, just you. I the nearest good. Best Buy after Carbondale's closed is in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and I go there every once in a while and every time I I seem to forget cuz I'm so excited to be in a Best Buy again. I'm like, "Ooh, boy, steelbooks." And I go back and Luke, I kid you not, it's like one family video like tall rack like one row yeah and there's it's like scarcely populated with movies there's maybe like 15 movies different films on it back back and front dune Dune steelbook like the 4k one came out uh like tuesday's blu-ray day so like every tuesday usually something comes out it was dune this week and it's like that that steel book is on eBay for like ninety dollars minimum. Like you know, what I mean? it's just gone. Fuck. Like it, it's just gone. Like it's just. You want to hear something crazy? I sold the Best Buy special edition steel book of The Shining for a hundred bucks. Oh, that is sweet. It was a really cool one. Sweet. But somebody, I I fall. I'm in. They you know, I'm in collector groups. Too. Yes, I'm they, in collector and, groups uh, for I'm video in. games and such, and I am also in a few of them for steel books. And somebody like posted theirs for sale for like over a hundred dollars. I'm like, what the fuck? I bought that thing for like twenty bucks, and I've seen, I've watched it like twice already. And I'm like, would I be willing to part for this for over a hundred dollars? And I'm like, yeah, I'll just sell it for a hundred bucks and undercut the market and feel good about it and buy other movies. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, I don't, Venom, I'm not as big into scary movies as I am into other movies anyway. The Shining is good shit. Um, the uh, the Venom steelbook, the Venom Let There Be Carnage steelbook from Best Buy was so fucking nasty, and I missed it. Now it's on eBay. It's like it's such a people it don't is care. really cool at this point. But. Anywho, Luke Luke is the same type of director as Kubrick in The Shining. Nah, that's not true. Fucking the, dude, I'm, Taylor's I'm hair was falling out because she was so stressed. She made Kevin repeat the scene of busting through the door like five times. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, ta- I, I made Taylor fucking, I'm the opposite in every way because he's, <laughs> that guy's a master, but it's like fucking, even when I made Taylor cry, I did it in two takes. I'm like, it's over. We got it. I was Would like, you just like, like pinch her really hard? I'm kidding. She's an nah. artist. She can cry on command. I, I said, I said, isn't it fucked that we're married? And then she just wept. It was like, it was <laughs> like this sucks. Yeah, Taylor like, only <laughs> knows me as, as an asshole best friend. She never listens to the, to the NFL Mayo podcast where I sing her praises. No, she knows you're a sweetheart. You're just you go and you go in ebbs and flows of comfort level, and right now you're like, I'm so comfortable with Taylor that I can just be the biggest dick. That is absolutely which is a high compliment. That she is just doesn't absolutely see it. what it was. All right, let's close out the podcast. Uh, I'm comfy for... with D. I've been roasting her, <laughs> dude. D's loving it. She's having so okay, much fun, good. and she actually really appreciates that everyone's comfortable enough to fuck around with her a little bit uh but anyway for nfl mayo i've been eight i'm luke playoff football baby yeah get your contacts bye NFL-A-O.